uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a, a Macedonian content farmer, and uh, we often think about you know gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. Con- I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants, and the way they were able to reach out. Zoranzai still thinks he is important and loved by the Western elites who essentially installed him so that he could engineer a, what we would call, temporary name change. And yet the invitations to glamorous locations and events has come to a full stop for him. And that is because he is no longer needed by those Western progressive elites. He can now be summarily dismissed. Which is probably why he and the Zayev family are now focusing on their personal business interests in Macedonia. After all, if he is no longer useful to the internationals and will no longer be praised by them, he might as well focus on continuing with making as much money as he can off the backs of Macedonians, primarily through his marijuana business, but also through regular corruption opportunities and more. Speaking of corruption, Macedonia is not doing so well. The latest Global Perceptions Corruption Index from Transparency International found that Macedonia continues to slip and, along with Bosnia-Herzegovina, has the worst score in the Balkans and ranks 106th out of 180 countries and is tied with Albania, also at 106. Last year, Macedonia was at 93rd place. It is worth noting that in 2015, Macedonia was ranked at 66, 40 places higher. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you once again from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tvetan Shalimanov calling in from Skopje, Republic of Macedonia. And this concludes uh, our short streak of uh, podcasts which we recorded in Skopje while Jason was actually here. Now we are again recording this on a huge time difference over a crappy Wi-Fi connection. You, well, you know, Sven, that was that was great fun being there, and I, I so yeah. much enjoyed it, being there for Christmas and uh, and just getting to visit with you and your family and, and other friends and families. And I arrived back here. Let's see, we're recording this on uh, Friday, January twenty-four. We missed one in there last week, and I was traveling back last Sunday. I arrived yeah. Sunday night. My luggage arrived Monday night. As long as it arrived, it arrived, and it arrived intact. I always worry because you know I've got mastica and rakia and vino in there, and. Um, uh-huh. And uh, it was all intact. Uh, you know, customs, I did declare it. You didn't say anything in Chicago when I landed there, so it was all legal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it arrived intact, and, uh, and uh, of course, now I'm coming down, I think, with a sore throat and maybe a cold, but, uh, so I won't be imbibing for a little while. But anyway, uh, great trip, great to be with you, great to record there. Now we're back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, yeah, it was and, great having you here after yes. quite, quite a while, honestly. Yeah, it had been it had been it had been fifteen months since I had been there, which is the longest time yeah. I've been away in twenty four years. That's long. That's long. Uh, but but between um, our last podcast, which uh, again this is Friday, so I think we recorded early the following week, uh, the previous week. Sorry, uh, there's been a lot going on. This is let's call this the rank punditry episode mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so much Catch to discuss. Everybody up with evidence. 
Yeah, starting with that corruption index. So uh, uh, Zoran Zaev and his uh, ministers, uh, his party, and his, his, his friends in Dewey, Ali Khmeti, uh, campaigned on an anti-corruption mm -hmm. program, and yet <laughs> Macedonia yes. is full of corruption. What's that all about? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how this uh, drop in the rankings happened. I mean, it's not like we had a major <laughs> corruption scandal involving precisely the person who was supposed to fight corruption, who instead abused her office to stage a coup and then steal about, it's estimated about 20 million uh, uh, euros were stolen by Katitsayanova. This is the estimate obviously shared with Zayev and uh, the SDSM party. And Zayev is incidentally also worth about 200 million uh, is the estimate. Mm. Uh, strangely, you know, greatly enlarged over the past uh, several years. He's been prime minister, so uh, they, they really gave uh, Transparency International a lot to work with, and uh, I didn't really go deep into the into the report, but everything that's in there is true and much more. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. Again, and I think as we pointed out there in the monologue, Mas uh, Macedonia was at uh, 66, I believe, just yeah. a short five years ago, under a different government, mm -hmm. uh, and it continues to slip and is the worst in the Balkans, tied with um, our friends next door in Albania. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, yeah, so so a series of, of bad news for the current government just came out over the, over the past couple of days. That was one, Transparency International. Another one was, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, The Economist magazine. Yep. Or they, like to, they like to call themselves a newspaper, which is odd because mm -hmm. it's actually a magazine. But anyway, and they're, they are a, um, a center-left uh, publication, uh, but they came out and with uh, some sort of democracy rankings for the world, and they called Macedonia a, quote, hybrid regime. Uh, yeah, they gave this designation to Macedonia under Gruevski, and this was a big deal when uh, the U.S. Embassy and the British Embassy were pushing this relentlessly, that you're no longer a democracy, you're no longer a democratic country, and obviously Zav's people would push this uh, relentlessly as a huge uh, you know, uh, warning sign for the country, and now under them, like three years under them with this, total abuse of the judiciary and everything that comes with it and uh, we remain i think we've actually even deteriorated on the on the democracy index as well and uh, both of these indexes which were used by Zaf in the past both show uh, who, who have i mean the economist has been extremely friendly to him openly supportive mm -hmm. of the name change oh, sure. uh, trying to you know uh, butter it up uh, as they went along and uh, but still i mean if, if they can't uh, conceal the fact of what's been going on in Macedonia, which, you know, corruption, we've discussed. Prosecutor turns out to be the biggest crook in the country. Prime Minister turns out to be a marijuana smuggler, inter ale, among other right. uh, many things. In terms of democracy, we have uh, maybe about a third of the members of parliament from the opposition are being prosecuted on various charges, uh, and none from the ruling majority, obviously, and they're being tactically arrested and released from prison in order to, you know, pressure them to vote one way or another. I mean, this is, now we have earned it. If under Gruevski it was a political ploy to say that Macedonia is not a democratic country, it's a corrupt country, now we have actually earned this inglorious uh, distinction. Right, yeah, well, two, two things on uh, that economist, um magazine point. Uh, first of all, um, it's, it's worth noting, uh, as you mentioned, that, that the economists have been quite friendly to Zayev and his regime, mm. uh, because obviously they, uh, the economists being a, a, a 
kind of quote unquote globalist uh, media outlet very much wanted Macedonia to change its name as well. And I noticed uh, when I came through the uh, airport the other day in uh, Vienna, picked up a copy of it. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't pay for such a thing, of course. It was in the lounge, uh, and read uh, one of the articles about uh, Macedonia, Albania, enlargement, etc. And naturally, of course, the Economist magazine calls the Macedonian people the quote-unquote North Macedonians. Uh, so that's point number one, strike number strike number many strikes against them for, for, yeah. for their reporting. Uh, but second, on the hybrid regime, I think it's worth uh, uh, reading here verbatim what The Economist says about hybrid, hybrid regimes. And they say, quote, elections have substantial irregularities that often prevent them from being both free and fair. Mm. Government pressure on opposition parties and candidates may be common. Serious weaknesses are more prevalent than in flawed democracies. In political culture, functioning of government and political participation. Corruption. <laughs> Corruption tends to be widespread and the rule of law is weak. Civil society is weak. Typically, there is harassment of and pressure on journalists and the judiciary actually, is not independent, unquote. Civil society is actually too strong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I was going to make that point, but I wanted to finish reading the quote. Um, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's an interesting point there. Uh, but anyway, so let's uh, just keep moving on because we're doing rank punditry here. We've got a lot to go through. Uh, corruption, uh, hybrid regime from the economists, and the fact that the economists thinks that the people of Macedonia are called North Macedonians. Uh, next item, lowest wage rise in the region. Yeah. So another one of the, 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 um, the various institutions in the region recorded or, or, or noted the number of the, uh, the uh, wage, uh, wage increases in the region. Macedonia came in at the lowest at only 3.8%. I think Bulgaria and Serbia were both around 10% or higher. Uh, I guess it's worth noting, Svetin, that, you know, wages did rise in Macedonia, uh, but not at the rate that the government of Zoran Zaev has been promising all these years, and combine that with the fact that his, his election campaign is based on, he wants to, he wants another four years so that he can focus on the economy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we are, uh, we have the lowest wages, uh, one of the lowest wages in Europe, definitely, and we're in the same economic zone with the European Union, we trade with them freely and people can move freely. So, you know, it would be criminally negligent if from this low base, we did not have a solid uh, wage growth. We have some growth, it's impossible, I mean, short of a full war, which is coming, uh, to mm -hmm. not have a growth uh, in wages in Macedonia, if you're part of the European economic zone, which we are, but uh, right. under a different, uh, proper conservative, uh, properly free marketeering government, uh, which would uh, maintain the rule of law, un unlike Zayev, who is, you know, ramp rapidly corrupt, uh, wages would grow much, much faster. I mean, it's an insult to compare ourselves to Albania um, or Kosovo or countries like that, and they have a higher growth rate at this point than we do. Right. No, it is, it's worth noting that if, if the government of Macedonia actually adopted a free market capitalist model, wages would rise. And I'm wondering, now, as I look at this, this infographic and the fact that wages rose by the lowest amount in the region, I wonder if that takes into account uh, the fact that the government has been increasing minimum wage, pensions, yeah. uh, hiring uh, public sector employees and things like that. Yeah, which definitely. Is, which is, that's not real, actually. I mean, that's, that's all government public sector spending. Yeah, and borrowing like crazy to pay the uh, public sector in this pre-election period, which also influences the, the result. Exactly, right. 
Well, that was a that was a, a third piece of bad news that came out for Zoranzayev and his uh, his government. Although we should point out again that he's not actually the prime minister right now. Uh, Oliver Spasovsky is the uh, mm. current interim technical prime minister, but we all know that Zoranzayev is still the power behind the throne, along with his his uh, his partner uh, partner in crime, quite literally, yeah. um, Ali Ahmedi. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to the next subject, marijuana, Mary Jane. Uh, so this is something that Zoran Zayev and his family, first of all, they have a lot of business in, in, uh, in growing uh, cannabis. Yeah. Uh, and they have also, the government of Macedonia under Zoran Zayev has also granted, I think up to, was it 30, 31, um, uh, is it licenses to uh, open up these, uh, these marijuana um, Facilities, greenhouses, plantations. plantations. Thank you. Yeah, to yes. start oh. pl planting the stuff, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The plantations. There's there are about thirty plantations, and mm -hmm. uh, about five or six uh, uh, licensed uh, distillers they, that that are supposed to make the cannabis oil. Right. Now, under the previous government, I believe there had been a few licenses granted, but it was in the single digits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so this has exploded quite literally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the licenses aren't cheap, are they? No, uh, well, you have to meet some technical requirements to do this. Right. But the unofficial price, which, was, which is being set, because these are all people like Zayev's uh, a lawyer opens one. Uh, Zayev's uh, bishop, the bishop of Strumica, uh, Bishop Naum opens another. Zayev's cousin has the biggest one. Uh, Zayev brings in this Canadian uh, Big Mike businessman to promote right. this. Zayev's uh, uh, business partner in Strumica has a marijuana plantation with a guy in Serbia who was recently arrested for doing what all of these guys are obviously doing, which are not, which is not growing the marijuana which is used to make the oil and then distilling the oil, but in fact they're using the potent marijuana which is used for smoking and they're selling it on the black market. This is no-brainer, uh -huh. everybody knows this by now. Yeah. Vimera said this at a press conference today, uh, n almost no cannabis oil has been exported and all of this is just like a, a, sh uh, like a paravan for actual growing uh, of marijuana for smoking and for exporting it into Europe. So the actual mm -hmm. price for having a license to, to do this uh, was today put by uh, Vimera Secretary General Igor Yanushev at between 300,000 and 500,000 euros. This is the black market price which you pay Zayev if you want him to, gi uh, to give you a permit to grow marijuana legally and then mm. sell it illegally. Right. Yeah, so I think we should point out, yeah, the, the idea of growing um, cannabis to produce oil, which has apparently some medicinal uses, uh, mm. and I'm not going to, you know, uh, uh, quibble with that, mm -hmm. I, I, and I haven't studied it that much, but I do believe that it, it does have some medicinal uses as cannabis oil. Once you take out the... Um, the chemicals and the elements that you know create the, the high effect I believe again I'm not mm. totally uh, totally up on this but but what you're saying is that they're taking this and they're they're um, they're actually using the potent stuff and then selling on the black yeah. market which is bad on many different levels it's bad mm. for the individuals uh, that are that are buying this on the black market it's bad for the government it's bad for corruption bad for economy etc so but this is something that Zayev, you know, and as I mentioned in the monologue, that apparently uh, since he ain't going nowhere, he ain't going to Davos and other places, other fancy places, uh, you know, he, he's, the, the invitations have stopped, the Nobel Prize was a no-go, 
Mm-hmm. And so he might as well focus on making money however he can, as fast as he can, hand over fist, uh, to at least uh, while he can. enjoy. Yeah, while he can, to enjoy mm-hmm. his life there. So uh, Yeah, shockingly so, proposed this law to legalize selling the buds, the, the flowers of the marijuana, which uh-huh. is the actual, you know, the ganja, the smoking stuff. Okay. Uh, and he was doing this while we were uh, awaiting this uh, uh, European Union Council to decide whether we will be allowed to open new accession talks. And the law was proposed under the European flag form- formula, which is only put in place uh, in instances where the, where the Macedonian Parliament needs to adopt a law which is specifically an EU-related law, which aligns our judiciary with that of the European Union. And mm-hmm. this allows the government, to the ru- ruling majority in Parliament, to push the law faster with, with a shortened period for debating. Uh, and this was meant for the EU, not for legalizing your own drug business. <laughs> but Zav <laughs> was doing this while he was begging for the EU accession date, and everybody realized right. at this point that something is off. You do not right. do this. I mean, he's losing all any attempt. He's abandoning any attempt to make pretenses that things are run legal in the country. And people basically realized that this is the big deal. He got a lot of money for himself, for his partners, and also for uh, businesses who paid him for the right to to grow marijuana, but uh, the business is not profitable without, uh, you know, exporting it legal, illegally on the black market as the dried stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And he now demands a right to legally produce and export the, the buds. And mm-hmm. um, I guess, you know, he, he's afraid, I suppose, that uh, you can just, you know, uh, uproot the potent stuff and then replant the industrial cannabis overnight. I guess he's just at this point, he's afraid that soon there's going to be an inspection looking into all these plantations and realizing they're not growing the stuff they declared they would be growing, and mm-hmm. they'll all go to prison. So now he wants to legalize the illegal business uh, in case you know people go snooping around soon after the government is changed. Yeah, wow. And you know, you mentioned the um, uh, Macedonia, the EU, etc. I think it's worth pointing out as well that a report just came out from the European Stability Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically saying that uh, Macedonia and the other countries of the Western Balkans will not be in the European Union any time before 2030. Uh, so we're, we're still waiting for the EU to come out with its new enlargement strategy. It was supposed to come out, I think, this week. It's now going to come out in yeah. February. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still squabbling amongst themselves and trying to figure out what the best way forward is. And uh, in the meantime, I guess we wait on that. Uh, I'm, I'm not wait, not holding my breath, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there are other alternatives, despite what Zoran Zayev and others say when they say that there is no alternative to the European Union. There actually are other alternatives to making your economy grow and making your economy strong instead of yeah. waiting on the EU. So, Well, my, my uh, passive-aggressive answer here is, well, now <laughs> you forced us to change the name, so now we demand this. You accession, and once we're in, we're gonna go full Visegrad on you guys. But in reality, yes, I mean, uh, a fair, you know, uh, splitting the difference would be to we join the uh, we join NATO. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the EU tells us gives us a clear no. I mean, they're such duplicitous, so they will never give us uh, a clear no. But uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we have that uh, that thing resolved, and then we just go back to reverting to our old name and, uh, you know, gaining NATO membership and abandoning the quest for the European Union membership. 
Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, taking a quick break from our, our, our rank punditry and list of, of, of uh, woes um, that are uh, that are, have befallen Macedonia currently in the past week alone, um, I think it's worth noting that, yeah, Macedonia is going to be in NATO very soon. It's not going to be in the EU. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get in NATO, you change the name back, you find a third way towards uh, making Macedonia prosperous and creating jobs and wealth and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's not as, quite as simple as that, but that's the overall, I think that should be the overall goal uh, mm-hmm. and vision for Macedonia uh, and for the, uh, the the next government, whoever that is. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... campaign is now reduced to, you know, besides promising that next four years he will focus on the economy. <laughs> uh, he's uh, yeah. now scaremongering the people that uh, if Wilmer wins, they're going to block, uh, uh, they're going to revert uh, to the old name and this would make us lose NATO membership, which as you wrote in your editorial is... Uh, but this is what Zayev's campaign is now reduced to, honestly. Right. Got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Zayev is saying that, uh, Radmila Shekarinska, the defense minister, is saying that they're using scare tactics, saying that if Vumro is elected uh, and starts work on its pledge to change the name back to Macedonia's only rightful and true name, then Macedonia will be kicked out of NATO, which is not possible. There is no mechanism within NATO to kick a member mm-hmm. out. If there was, Turkey already would have been mm-hmm. kicked out. Uh, so once you are in the club, you are in the club, and that is that. Yeah. So what Zayev is saying and what Radmila Shekarinska is saying is quite simply a lie. Macedonia will be in NATO soon. Once it's in NATO, you can you can focus on things like changing the name back, mm. EU issues aside, and go forward. Sure. But yeah, you're right. That's that's what they're that's what they're going to try and that's their only thing besides yeah. trying to say that they're going to help the economy, which we know yeah. they can't. That's all he's got, though. Yeah. So now when you know. Switching back here slightly, um, when I was in Skopje, I noticed there was no snow. A lot of people told me, yeah. wow, there's no snow. There's been no snow. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet the mayor of Skopje has signed a recent contract uh, for several hundred thousand euros to remove the snow. Uh, what's that all about? No, it's up to a million uh, by now. And he pays, that's just for, to have the machines stand by. And then he would pay them more if they actually cleaned up something. And so far, for the entire year, for the whole of Skopje, which includes even some hills and more rural regions, uh, they clocked in like 40 hours of work, which is nothing. <laughs> so wow. there's, they're going to be paid a million euros for, for literally nothing. No wear and tear, no, no work, nothing. And uh, the mayor was asked today, well, uh, is anybody going to be held responsible over this? And he says, well, I'm not a Nobel Prize winning scientist to be able to predict if snow is going to fall when I was signing the contract. And then people told him, well, yeah, but you don't have to be a Nobel Prize scientist to uh, have a clause in the contract that says that if the company does no work, it pays back half or two-thirds of the money and just, (laughs) you know, just hire the company which already has the plows. And uh, if they do no work, I mean, you know, they do no work. They pay, you just pay them like 100,000, not a million. (laughs) Right. Wow. Yeah. Not a a bright individual, is he? Yeah. Well, um... Moving on, draft law on public prosecutor. I know that today, again, this is Friday, January 24, and we're recording this. There's been some movement. Uh, they were supposed to have a meeting between the two leading parties to talk about this. Uh, they met, then uh, I think the uh, quickly. walked out. Yeah, uh, because citizen wouldn't meet. You know, some of the requests. Look, you know, compromise actually is is not a dirty word uh, in 
in some cases, in a case like this, mm. you know, both sides have, have things that they want, they bring to the table. A uh, citizen can't meet the minimum of what the mm. world requires. And so uh, there is no draft law on the public prosecutor right now. Now the EU is running around saying if you don't mm. have a draft law on the public prosecutor before the elections, then the world as we know it will end. Yeah. And that is simply not true because they said the same thing last fall before. Uh, they, they keep saying the same thing every time. Yeah. It's, always, it's always something. So, so anyway, with, that's not going... Yeah. yeah, it's worth remembering that, um, you know, when Yanira was arrested uh, in yeah. uh, August, uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously everybody assumed that her entire case load collapses because the, uh, she's arrested uh, for, for a crime which actually points to the actual purpose of her opening criminal cases. Uh, corruption, going after businessmen to extort money from them, and political abuse. Uh, clearing away Vimara people so can grab power so then she could go back to point number one which is corruption so her entire uh, scheme her entire campaign is corrupt and should be thrown out uh, yeah. what is the SM demanded because you know if this happens they're they're destroyed I mean they they can't stand to Vimara unless they have uh, uh, a crooked prosecutor on their side filing ludicrous charges against Vimara people so now they had Katica while in prison, sent a letter dismantling the special prosecutor's office and giving the cases to another Zaev loyalist, public prosecutor Ljubomir Jovesky, in exchange, I suppose, for lenient treatment for her. And, you know, imagine if Vumero had just dismantled the special prosecutor, what the European Union reaction would be. Reaction right. to this was crickets, because obviously most of the EU diplomats agree with the um, is the SM and with Zaev, uh, but also there, it's obviously illegal. You cannot, uh, a prosecutor once arrested loses all power. <laughs> she can't interfere in her own cases. Yeah. Uh, she's still got some rights. We're not savages to that point. But, you know, <laughs> she can't, I mean, theoretically, oh, we're joking <laughs> that she could, pro she could file criminal charges against prosecutor Vilma Ruskovska, who was prosecuting her, and put <laughs> Vilma Ruskovska in prison. And this is not far out of Yaneva's mindset. I mean, I'm pretty sure she thought about this. So there is a law that once you're a prosecutor, you can't file criminal charges because you would go against the policeman who arrested you, the witness who will testify against you, the prosecutor who is charging you. I mean, and let alone being allowed to dismantle an entire office of the prosecutor's service. I mean, and SDSM, once this was done, and everybody was like, oh, Come on! And this yeah. person said, no, no, this is a good solution, this solution will stand, and we no longer have to negotiate with Vimera on anything. We resolved the crisis in the special prosecutor's office, and now we're carrying on arresting Vimera people, and the only other special prosecutor is Vilma Ruskovska, and she's also on our team, and she's not going to arrest any of us. So for us, case closed, time to move on. But wow. uh, last week we had the European Enlargement Commissioner Varheli from Hungary, uh, and he, after his visit, suddenly Zaev is all running around in circles. No, we have to pass the law immediately. Parliament dissolves on February 12th or 11th, whatever. We have to do this immediately. We're going to lose our EU accession date. And people were telling him, well, yeah, but just like a few months ago, you were saying that the problem was resolved with Katica's handwritten letters from prison. <laughs> they were not stamped, that, nothing. That just, <laughs> no, not not the yeah. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, somebody's putting the tightening the screws on Zaf on this issue. 
Well, of course, yeah. I mean, the whole thing quickly descends into a Monty Python skit almost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we should mention the late uh, uh, Terry Jones, yeah. one of the Monty Python members, passed away the other day. So, as the Monty Python guys would say, a two down, four to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. John Cleese was uh, recently in Bulgaria, and uh, I, I caught the ads for the for the event, and the, the title was "Come see me while while I'm still alive, while you still can." <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. They're uh, they're irreverent, self-deprecating humor, etc. Uh, something that the government of uh, Zoran Zaev certainly doesn't have. Um, but we're talking about uh, Katitsa and the draft law, etc., which should lead us back to uh, the racket cases. Uh, haven't seen a lot in the news lately. Haven't, you know whose name we really haven't heard lately uh, is uh, Boki 13. Um, yeah. Is he still alive? Has he been epstein Uh Still alive, the best as we know. And uh, <laughs> something, something is going to happen tomorrow, I'm expecting. Uh, okay, oh. we're recording this on uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday, so it, it will fall by the time we uh, this airs. And... Uh, not really, not not sure what, um, but uh, you know we, we're expecting Boki's shoot to drop. We are we were supposed to hear from one of Yanova's chief deputies, Lila Stefanova, who is also corrupt, but mm-hmm. unlike Katica, apparently much more competent, and uh, she was the driving force behind some of the cases. So she was supposed to testify, but her hearing keeps getting postponed, and there is obviously something here. She hasn't been obviously. Um, uh, I don't know, managed or handled well prior to to giving her testimony. So twice now we are postponing the testimony because Yanova's lawyers keep getting sick. Both of them, both <laughs> Lyubomir Firchkovsky's wife and the other lawyer she has. So the trial cannot continue. So something is happening here and it should happen soon. Huh. All right. Well, listeners, stay tuned. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, yeah, those, anyway, again, as we've said many times on this podcast, and as we've written, uh, the racket cases are just a slow drip, drip, drip of bad news for Zoran Zayev and his, and his governments, and I can't imagine why, uh, why he enjoys seeing them go on. I think he thinks that they're just going to go away if they stop talking about it and, and <laughs> try and, uh, try and bury it, so to speak, um, which kind of goes along with the Epstein's. Yeah. But anyway, uh, right, let's see, what else do we got here? Oh, general crime and lawlessness across the country. Again, you know, Svetin, I've been involved in Macedonia since 1996. So in May, which is my anniversary date when I first set foot in the, the glorious Republic of Macedonia, uh, so after that I, I'll be able to say that I'm in my 25th year. Mm-hmm. And in all that time, setting aside, you know, the 1999 NATO uh, uh, bombing and mm. all of that, the 2001 war, etc., 2015, things of that nature. Frankly, you know, in all the, the time that I was there, until recently, yeah. the, the idea of general crime and lawlessness yeah, across yeah. the country just wasn't, a, wasn't an issue. As I like to say, you know, over in Bulgaria, they, they shoot and kill their oligarchs. Yeah, that yeah. should be a tagline for Macedonia. At least we don't come to Macedonia, at least we don't kill our oligarchs. <laughs> um, but I just saw today there's an, an, another incident of uh, some violence in a hospital in Tetovo. A woman yeah, was assaulted in Strumica. That happens all the time. Yeah. Another, we had another the best missing... case. Yeah. Uh, the best case was actually the mayor of uh, Shuto Rizari, <laughs> Kurto Dudus. Yes. He's from the SDSM party. So during the elections in 2017, 
His mm-hmm. opposing candidate, Elvis Bayram, the son of Amdi Bayram, the infamous Amdi Bayram. Uh, oh, yes. So Elvis Bayram was beaten up, obviously by thugs associated with uh, Kurto Dudush, the SDSM candidate. Right. But, you know, police ignores everything because SDSM is, has been as of recently in power, <clears throat> so they're not touching the case. Um, and OSC was also unperturbed. Uh, <laughs> we have... Uh, um, the guy attacks a, a person who works in the municipality, his underling, uh, beats him up in uh, his mayor's office while the guy is recording the attack on the phone and gives wow. it to the, shares it to the press later. And you have an audio tape of Kurto threatening, I'm going to get a baseball bat, I'm going to go medieval on your ass, all that stuff. And while punching him, he's actually not just threatening, actually attacking the guy. And he also had another incident in which he uh, verbally and... Uh, you know, to the brink of physically assaulted, some more distinguished uh, organizer in the community or something like that. So he, now he goes mm-hmm. to prison with all this, ba- to, he goes to the court with all this baggage behind him, uh, and the judge uh, lets him off with a warning mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. he apologized. Oh, <laughs> and everybody's yes. like, come off. This is yes. un- unbelievable. Even, you know, given the, obviously, the soft bigotry of... Uh, uh, low expectations uh, regarding uh, a Roma community and a Roma politician, it's still yeah. outrageous. I mean, is Katice never filed criminal charges against Nikola Gruevsky for far, far less. So, mm-hmm. to top this all off, uh, uh, Dudush issues a video statement to the person he attacked verbally and was not, was released from, you know, acquitted, uh, despite all these other cases uh, which should serve as, you know, uh, uh, should guide the court to actually put him in prison. And, and Kurto sends out a statement to him, you are not a man, you are a woman, you come to my, uh, you know, this mafia statement. You're going to come, you're going to be sorry, I'm going to show you. Oh, my <laughs> Two days gosh. after he was released from prison, a, a, wow. a mayor of a Skopje municipality yeah. from SDSM. <laughs> wow. Now, actually, one, one quick thing. You mentioned he had a baseball bat. Where do you buy baseball bats in Macedonia? I don't know. He would improvise. I, I guess he would improvise. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so the whole issue of general crime lawlessness mm. is, that has, I, I, I honestly believe it has increased across the country in the past you know, three years. Yeah, definitely. That's not good for anybody. Uh, mm. So, anyway, so uh, let's see. Moving on here. We have elections coming up. We have elections coming mm. up April 12th. So that is, mm. let's do the math, about two and a half months from now. Parliament dissolves uh, February 12, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a lot of public sector hiring uh, going on uh, for both the citizen and uh, Dewey loyalists. Uh, I guess that's to be expected. Um, we talked a little bit about what Zayev is going to try and campaign on, which is, um, uh, you know, give me four more years, I can do something. To, I'll do to the economy what I did to Macedonia's name, essentially. Um, but I think... That, oh, and one other point here. Um, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, Economist magazine calling the people North Macedonians. Um, I have to mention this first before we get into the elections. The, uh, there was an, uh, agri- uh, a, a, a food fair, I believe it was, in Berlin, uh, and the agriculture ministry uh, paid for signage and banners that said, uh, quote-unquote, North Macedonian cuisine. So that's the yeah. government of Macedonia promoting, yeah. quote-unquote, North Macedonian fill-in-the-blank, um, mm. 
there's a fair amount of blowback over that. Naturally, a lot of finger pointing, you know, from from the uh, from the flour mill that that was being advertised to the ag ministry to the central government, etc. Mm. Not sure who's to blame. I think everybody's to blame there. Um, but again, that's something yeah, that Gordon Vasilyanovska, the uh, Vomera field presidential candidate, she said, you know, this is the this is evidence that. Uh, these humiliations are not going to end. Every day brings no. another another one. That's right. Yeah, and I, I keep a I keep a list of instances that I find just uh, you know perusing the web, especially with the media outlets that that use the the adjective North Macedonian this and that. And, and uh, mm. I think I need to I need to update that and publish that again, just because that is uh, that is what Zoran Zaev has brought to Macedonia during yeah. his rule. Uh, as a, a change of the name, a change of the very identity of the Macedonian people, which I should say he's trying to engineer, and the Western elites are trying to engineer that as well. Uh, and mm. so he wants to do to the economy what he has done to Macedonia's name, identity, the very dignity, to Gordana's point, of the Macedonian people. And uh, I don't think, I'm just guessing here, going on on a limb, that the Macedonian people are going to uh, look kindly upon that type of uh, election campaign. I think, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, from the center rights position, they're going to be focusing on the economy and jobs, corruption, and uh, the name, identity, and the dignity issue. What um, yeah, the people what say are aghast, uh, and even Zayf is dropping uh, the use of the name uh, North Macedonia more and more often. Well, you know, you, you, then you see some of his underlings, like there is this person who was head of the employment bureau under Vimera from some minor uh, party who was then allied with Vimera. After a while, you know, she was found to be a total loser and she was kicked out. But mm. then Zaev brought her in. So now she's again head of the employment bureau under Zaev. And she gives a statement and she uses like, in each sentence, she uses like North Macedonia like three times. It's, wow. it's ridiculous. So Zaev has stopped using it, but these suck-ups, they, they, they want to use it even more so, so they can prove they're on his side. Incredible. Well, and that actually was, I was looking at an article earlier today in, in uh, one of the media outlets. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't the media. It was one of the think tanks or European institutions. I can't remember. And it, it was, mm -hmm. it, you know, you, you know the search function in a, in a, uh, on a web page where you can click find and you type in a word? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, and it was just like three or four paragraphs about, you know, something happening in Macedonia and an EU related thing and it and, and it had North Macedonia thirteen times. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> I think I think literally yeah. they do this just to try and rub it in. I guarantee yeah, yeah. you that, that that's what they are trying to do. Uh, and so I don't think Macedonians I think I know Macedonians are fed up with it. Uh, Macedonians have a choice a chance and a choice to overturn it and to return Macedonia's rightful and only name as well as kind of set the ship aright, uh, you know, begin to, to, to come to your senses and, and look at things that are important, which is jobs and the economy uh, and rooting out corruption. And uh, I think that the April elections will be a chance uh, for that to happen, and it just depends on what Macedonians want. More of the same or something better?
Изминативе две и пол години Агенцијата за вработување на Република Северна Македонија активно работи на спроведување на мерки и политики кои што се во интерес на пазарот на труд на Република Северна Македонија, односно тенденцијата ние во Република Северна Македонија да останат граѓаните на Република Северна Македонија, да ги пополнат работните места кои што ги имаат работодавачите и на Република Северна Македонија кои што ги планираат и се разбира ние Република Северна Македонија се вкупната поддршка во големи финансиски средства во многобројни активни мерки и политики на Република Северна Македонија. Работиме на тоа граѓаните на Република Северна Македонија, младите лица на Република Северна Македонија, да, да ги задржиме во Република Северна Македонија. А, ако во изминатите две години имавме рекордно голем буджет на Република Северна Македонија, за активни мерки на Република Северна Македонија, политики на Република Северна Македонија, а, во 2019-та беше 1 милиарда и 100 динари со ребалансот на Република Северна Македонија, туште 200 милиони динари на Република Северна Македонија. Во 2020 година ќе стартуваме со милиарда и 400 милиони динари на Република Северна Македонија, кои што се насочени за вработување на Република Северна Македонија, пополнување на работни места на Република Северна Македонија, токму на пазарот на труд во Република Северна Македонија. And welcome back to the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. This is uh, Cvetin and Jason discussing the latest news from Macedonia and uh, doing a proper rank punditry podcast, <laughs> which is now almost at the end. We've come to the point of the podcast where we do our farmers picks, choice of events and cultural things that have happened in or around uh, Macedonia. So Jason, uh, you have the floor. Thanks. Yeah. Um, here we are in the middle of winter, uh, unless of course you're in Australia. Uh, so I thought I would choose this one from uh, thebudgetsavvytravelers.com. These are uh, people I, I, I follow and uh, they spend a lot of time in Macedonia. I like them uh, because uh, they talk about wonderful things coming out of Macedonia. And on this one, which is actually from last August, it's titled uh, Struga Macedonia, Poetry, Bridge Jumping, Nightclubs and Food! Exclamation point. And so basically they just highlight uh, Struga and uh, the area around uh, Struga and Lake Okrid, talk about the many wonderful things to do there. Uh, obviously they talk about uh, Struga as the city of poetry and their annual uh, poetry festival that they have. The famous, the, the kids, uh, the bridge jumpers, we've all been down there uh, and, and seen mm. the kids uh, jumping off the, uh, the bridge into the Dream River. Um, and uh, it's just a nice feel-good article about the many wonderful things that Struga has to offer and the many wonderful things to do around Struga, uh, typically in the summertime, but frankly anytime. But uh, we'll put up a link to that on our uh, in the description for the podcast. Uh, Svetin, that is my farmer's pick. What is your farmer's pick? Well, I'm just going to mention the um, possibly the end of an era for Macedonian handball. We do great now in uh, uh, club competitions, uh, thanks mm-hmm. to the Vardar uh, team winning uh, two out of the last three European championships, but yes. the national team is uh, sadly going on a decline with the expected uh, retirement of Kira Lazarov, the main oh, wow. player and the, the biggest star we had, our great chance at the yes. uh, latest European championship, which was in between podcasts as we were um, like uh, two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, Macedonia won the first game, but then uh, lost the next two and dropped out and it was visible that uh, you know Kira Lazarov was leading the team best he could and uh, uh, had some great uh, new hope on the 
uh, goal on the goalpost, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, ultimately it was not enough, and uh, we crashed out, in, especially in the last uh, uh, match. And now everybody is obviously worried that uh, this would be the last time we've seen uh, uh, Lazarov lead the lead the team on a global championship, and uh, and there is unfortunately really no replacing. The guy, uh, there are some great players, but nobody who could um, approach this, this level. So uh, we are now in uh, our best uh, competitive sport, but we're now, we had a very, um, you know, announcement of a possibly a bleak intermediate future. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, that's a good, good point. And Kirill has been a fantastic ambassador for Macedonia uh, through his many years of playing. And who knows what he'll do next? Uh, I guess we'll have to see. But I'm sure he will continue to be an ambassador for Macedonia in whatever, whatever capacity he uh, he moves to next. Uh, but that's a good one. Uh, we wish him well. Yeah, he's a great guy. All right, well, that is a a full wrap. Good um, rank punditry episode and some good news there at the end, which we always like to uh, to uh, finish on. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, next week is the last week of January. We'll see what it brings, and go from there. Yeah. Hopefully some interesting news coming soon. Yeah, it's Macedonia. It's always interesting news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, Great talking buddy. to you. Take care. Yeah, you too.